You are listening to Redefining Anxiety with Jennifer Aldersley. Does anxiety ever really go away? I get asked that question a lot, and my answer always surprises people a little bit, because the answer is yes and no. There is no curing anxiety. Almost every living creature experiences anxiety. At its core, it's designed to keep us safe. So unlike a lot of particularly supplement companies will say, there is no curing anxiety. But there's a really big difference between anxiety and debilitating anxiety and anxiety disorders and those we can do something about. So let's start off talking a bit about more of the situational anxiety, the anxiety that everybody experiences. When we encounter some kind of stress or stimuli, and we have a stress response. There's a little area in the brain called the amygdala, and the amygdala is known as the brain's watchdog. So it decides if the stimuli that we encounter is dangerous or not. And if it believes that we're in danger, It triggers a hormonal reaction that ends in the dumping of many different hormones, particularly cortisol and adrenaline, from the adrenal glands, which cause many of the symptoms that we experience with anxiety and that we're familiar with. Our heart starts to beat a little faster. Our breathing increases because we feel like we need to get more oxygen. Some people will experience sweating or shaking. Some people can experience blurring of vision or tunnel vision. And all of this happens without that conscious part of the brain being involved. Only afterwards does the prefrontal cortex kick in and we ask ourselves, am I actually in danger? And if we believe that we're safe, our body will calm down quite quickly. If we do believe we're in danger, we have another stress response. Okay, so that's the simplified version of what's going on during a stress response. But know that every human on the face of the earth experiences that. So it's not something that we can get rid of and never experience. Many of us experience it when we're driving and somebody cuts us off, or maybe you get into a near accident, or you open up the mail and there's an unexpected bill, or maybe you're reading the comments on Facebook, (laughs) which is a quick way to trigger a stress response. Never ever read the comments Um, and somebody says something negative and you have a stress response. Or going to interviews or public speaking, right? It wouldn't be out of the ordinary for someone who didn't have an anxiety disorder, who didn't have debilitating anxiety, to experience anxiety in any of those situations. But generally, when people don't have debilitating anxiety, it's easier for them to be able to regulate, to be able to deactivate that sympathetic activation after the event has occurred. So their stress response might be activated when somebody cuts them off in traffic, but within minutes, their body is calming down again. Where if that happened to somebody who had an anxiety disorder or more debilitating anxiety, it could take days for them to be able to calm down. And it may enforce avoidant behaviors for them to not drive again, particularly if they experience a panic attack when they're driving. Now, people with debilitating anxiety and anxiety disorders don't have the same capacity for stress and anxiety. So their bodies activate more often and they have reactive stress responses. So yes, they will still have that same response in traffic, in an interview, getting that unexpected bill. But we often get stress responses from things like specific types of lighting, bass and loud noises, 
going grocery shopping, sometimes leaving our house. Many of us are in states of hypervigilance a lot of, if not all of the time. So there is this big difference between anxiety and debilitating anxiety. And while we can do a lot so that we don't have to live with debilitating anxiety, you will still experience some anxiety in life. Unfortunately, we can't avoid stressors and there will be tough seasons in our lives, but we can strengthen our body's ability to be able to regulate and we can increase our capacity so that we can handle more stress and anxiety. So when I talk about capacity and this subject in general, I like to use the image of a ladder. And I really need to come up with some kind of smart name for it. (laughs) I think I've called it the ladder of capacity, the anxiety ladder, (laughs) but nothing's really stuck with it yet. But I think it's such a good visual to understand capacity and just your journey with anxiety and how it is sort of this, this constantly changing thing. So imagine that this ladder has dozens and dozens of different steps. And the higher up you are on this ladder, the higher your capacity to be able to handle stress and anxiety. The lower you are on the ladder, the lower your capacity. Everyone that we know is somewhere on this ladder. And we move up and down depending on what's going on in our lives. So when we are experiencing stress, anxiety, trauma, we're moving down that ladder. And when we have support and community and things are going well in our lives, we use different tools and supports. When we're not being exposed to the same amount of stress and anxiety, we're moving up that ladder. So when we're at the top of that ladder and we have a stronger capacity, we may feel some physical symptoms when we have a stress response, because remember, we're still going to be exposed to stress and anxiety, but we can handle a lot more of it before those symptoms start to become uncomfortable and problematic. So often when we're up here, we experience the stress or anxiety. We may feel it in the moment. It may be a few days worth, but generally our body can regulate quite quickly. Now in the middle part of that ladder, we're not at a place where we're experiencing debilitating anxiety, but we are experiencing more anxiety, even if it's not being labeled anxiety yet. This is where so many people that I work with kind of have as a starting point, where they may have not been labeled or diagnosed with having an anxiety disorder, but they've probably used or had other people use labels like shy or nervous, high-strung, perfectionist, people-pleaser. So there's definite nervous system dysregulation happening here. But for so many people, this feels like they're normal. They're just so used to this underlying sort of buzzing and energy that it is their normal. And so they're not often given support here or any kind of tools or intervention. That usually happens when these people experience significant stress and anxiety and move down that ladder to those lower steps where they're starting to experience more severe symptoms and things like panic attacks. And so when we are on those lower steps, our anxiety becomes debilitating. We have more severe symptoms. We're having panic attacks more often. And then the fear of those panic attacks. We often develop avoidant behavior here in an attempt to not have panic attacks. And on those bottom steps of the ladder, we can become completely frozen. 
where even standing up or walking into another room triggers the stress response. Now, wherever you currently are on this ladder, the wonderful thing is that we can always move up. Another thing that I think is important to note about this ladder is that most of us don't start at the top. Our starting nervous system capacity and nervous system health is learned from our parents. And so if your parents had dysregulated nervous systems and they didn't have strong nervous system capacity, it's likely that your starting point was about mid on that ladder. And many of the people that I work with will say, you know, I feel like there's something wrong with me and I'm weak and why me? I should be able to do this. And they compare themselves to other people. But it has nothing to do with your strength of character. You know, two people can be in the exact same situation and experience the exact same thing. And it upsets one person and completely traumatizes the other person. And we use this kind of language in our society, like they're tough as nails and they're strong, but it has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with their nervous system capacity and how much stress they can handle. And that's not a reflection of character at all. And it is something that we can change. So just putting that another way. So if you're like me and your starting point was about that midpoint on the ladder and your best friend had a starting point that was higher on the ladder, And both of you go through some similar life events. Perhaps there's death in the family, divorce, illness. While you both are going to be affected by that, and you're both going to move down some steps on the ladder, if your friend had a stronger capacity, she's not going to move down into the place where anxiety starts to become debilitating and have panic attacks very quickly. While the same life events, because you're starting with a lower capacity, can bring you down into a place where anxiety is more debilitating. Okay, so using this sort of analogy, I invite you to take a look at your anxiety history and some of the events in your life. Many of us with anxiety will go through periods where we're exposed to more stressful things and our anxiety becomes more symptomatic. Maybe we start to have panic attacks, then things start to calm down. Maybe we intervene with different therapies and tools And we start to come out of it again to that midpoint. And we think, oh, great, that's done. (laughs) Phew, cured, right? (laughs) Until unfortunately, we go through another difficult season. And so what we want to be really mindful of when we're doing this work is that as you are working your way up that ladder and you get out of the place where it's debilitating and you're having panic attacks and you're feeling calmer, wonderful. That's great. Absolutely celebrate. But we don't want to stop there. We really want to keep doing this work and climb as far up that ladder as we can, building our capacity so that when we do go through difficult seasons again, and we come back down that ladder, it never again gets to the point where it's debilitating. And I'll give you an example of what this looks like based on my own journey. I was pregnant when I started implementing what I would call a real holistic approach. Before then, I had done a lot of things biochemically and really focused on cleaning up my diet and gut health and hormonal health. And and while that was very helpful, there was this whole other piece that I hadn't addressed yet. And so it really started coming together for me when I was pregnant. And by the time my son was born, I was starting to be able to get out and do more things. Remembering that at my worst, I was housebound 
And I should interject here, if you've never heard my story, I had debilitating anxiety for 13 years, panic disorder and agoraphobia. At its best, I was able to hold a job and just feel anxious all the time. At its worst, I was not able to. I was housebound, didn't go into restaurants, didn't go into movie theaters, grocery stores. And the very worst days, of course, were the days that I couldn't get out of bed. And so my son was born and I was able to start getting out and doing more things, first with my safe person and then eventually on my own, going for walks, increasing the distance I was away from home, slowly being able to go grocery shopping, restaurants, you know, things I hadn't done in a really long time. And when my son was about eight months old, our dog got sick out of nowhere and he was only seven and we were told that he had kidney disease and that he only had two years to live. Very quickly, that turned into, we actually think he only has two months to live. And two weeks after he was diagnosed, he passed away. And so that dog was really like my first child. Oh, I was devastated. And it felt like it was coming out of nowhere, right? We talk about drama, too much, too fast, too soon. And even though for months I had been walking up that ladder, that event made me take a couple steps down. And some of the symptoms that I hadn't experienced for a while came back. I started to experience more heart palpitations and dizziness and shaking. And I think I had a day or two where it was more challenging to get out of bed. But it didn't last long. What would have been completely debilitating for me a couple of years earlier made me feel more anxious and more symptoms for a couple of days. And then I was able to keep climbing up and continue to build my capacity. Fast forward a year later, and my grandfather got sick and ended up dying. And my grandfather was the best. He was the closest thing to a father that I've ever known. Just a wonderful, wonderful man. So of course it was sad and I grieved. I still grieve him. But because I had been doing this work for another year, I had that much more nervous system capacity. And while it was hard and sad, I didn't experience any of the symptoms that I had a year earlier. And once you really understand how that works and that life is this really, you know, kind of this dance of up and down, you really do look at anxiety a completely different way. You know, the last couple of years in my personal life have been quite stressful. Uh, My son was diagnosed with autism He went through a few years where he was up three to five hours every night. I experienced a separation and now a divorce with my partner of 20 years. And so a lot of things that put me down that ladder. But because I was familiar with how this worked and how this felt in my body, I was able to recognize when I started to get to that midpoint on the ladder and feel that buzzing again and up my tools and up my support so that while yes, I had some anxious days, it never got to the same point that it did eight years ago, 15 years ago. So while you are on this journey, try to be mindful of that. While we can't eliminate all anxiety from our lives, we can eliminate debilitating anxiety. Thanks for taking some time to join me today. For more information and a free training, you can go to our website, holistichope.ca. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me at jen at holistichope.ca. 
I also invite you to join our free Facebook community. You can search for Holistic Hope Anxiety Community and join over 4,500 other women that are on all different steps of that ladder. Have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.